our message today. Uh, we are, uh, last week I began a new sermon series called uh, God Is, Therefore I Don't. It's a little goofy, I know, but it's, it's this idea of living from the true reality of who God is. Not living from some concept of, of God that we've made up in our mind, but, but what if we lived with, this is who God is, therefore this is how I should live. I think there's some things of how we are living that are inconsistent with who God is. And so we looked at last week, God is great. Right? God's great. He's, he's sovereign. He's powerful. And God has a will. And God is good. And because of all of this, therefore, I don't have to freak out. I don't have to worry. Because God's in control. I know that's a radical saying right now. But he is. Tremendous chaos and certainty. But it's okay. Because God's in control. Well, today we're going to look at another, what we call the four G's, the second of the four G's, which is God is glorious. God is glorious. And because God is glorious, therefore, I don't have to fear others. God is glorious, therefore, I don't have to fear others. And we've reshaped, and we're in the process of reshaping many things here at Grace during this, this season. This season of, of COVID has made us really ask ourselves, uh, what is truly important? What is the church about? I believe, and I'm, I'm, and I'm convicted by it, that the purpose of the church is not to entertain everyone, but to equip people to walk with Jesus every day, to be a disciple of Jesus every day. What that means is, is is following Jesus. That means to being changed by Jesus. That means being on mission with and for Jesus. And so everything that we do here through Grace Online is all about equipping each one of us of how to live with Jesus every day. And I believe that the message today truly hits home at that, of what it means to walk with Jesus and being changed by Jesus, being on mission with Jesus, that, that right now this message here is very important to that. And so to make it simple, I just have one scripture verse. It, it comes from Proverbs 29, verse 25. The, the book of Proverbs, chapter 29, verse 25. Proverbs 29, verse 25. And here's the verse for us today. Fear of man will prove to be a snare. Fear of man not just men, but it means all humans, fear of others will prove to be a snare. And note what happens next. But whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Proverbs 29, 25. Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord will be kept safe. My friends, this is the word of the Lord for us today. Thanks be to God. God is glorious, so therefore I don't have to fear others. Here, Solomon introduces us to this concept of fear of man. It means this great fear of others. Let's sort of break this down a little bit. Uh, the word fear... Um, in Hebrew, it 
has a, this sense of trembling, of a panic, of, of terror. It's something, something happens, an event happens that initiates this, this response of terror. It, it breeds anxiety. And we see it. We see it early on in the scriptures, uh, uh, Isaac. When Isaac learns that his son, Jacob, stole the birthright from his, from his brother Esau and tricked Isaac in doing it. We, we read in Genesis 27 that when Isaac learns this, that it says that he, he trembles uncontrollably. Another translation says that he trembles violently. That, that's the word here that it means fear. It means, it means you're, 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 there's a terror. You're, you're trembling. There's this great anxiety Later on, several chapters later in, in Genesis 42, when, when Joseph's brothers discover that, that they have all this silver in their bags and they are afraid, that they are afraid that then they're going to be accused of stealing and, and they're going to be killed. Moses writes in Hebrew 42, their hearts sank and they were trembling. They, they turned to one another and said, what is this that God has done to done this to us? That they were afraid for their lives. That's, that's what this fear of man says. It's a sense of being controlled by others. It, it, it's a terror. It, it's anxiety. It, it's a sense of, of living for others, people's opinions, living for their approval of you or their disapproval of you of their rejection of you, of, of, of taking cues from others, of their attitudes, of, of folks withholding love for you, withholding affection for you. It's this desire of needing honor from others, their fear of criticism, a fear of saying something for being criticized, the sense of being humiliated. It, this fear of man, it's a common theme throughout scriptures. It's, it's a common struggle that even the people of faith in the scriptures wrestle with. Like Abraham. Abraham had, he's known as this great man of faith, but he struggled with this fear of man several times in his life, especially in Genesis 20. He's going into this land and there's this king there, a king Abimelech. And, and so as he enters into his, his region, his territory, Abram, or Abraham, later, is with his wife, Sarah, Sarah, but says, no, she's just my sister. Later on, the king learns of this, is so upset with Abraham. And this is his response when he's accused by the king. He says, I thought there is absolutely no fear of God in this land. And so I thought then that, that you're going to kill me because of my wife. Abraham was so concerned for his life, he didn't see any fear of God in this land. So, so he thought, hey, they're going to kill me because, because they want my wife. And so he was so concerned about how others would treat him and in his life that he, that he lied about his relationship with his wife. Well, guess what? His son does the same thing to the same king. It's crazy. So Isaac is there with his wife, Rebecca. He does the same thing. And when he's, when it's found out, he says, well, she's my sister. 
because he was afraid to say that she was my wife, that the men of this land would kill me because of Rebecca. This fear of man. Elijah. Elijah just witnessed this amazing experience where where God showed up in extreme power. Elijah learns that Queen Jezebel is after him, wants to kill him. What does Elijah do? He runs. He's afraid of her. Fear of man is a snare. Now, jump it over to the, to the New Testament. We see Peter. Peter's probably the best example of this. Where Peter is there, and the servant girl asks him if he's a follower of Jesus. He says no, and denies three times. Later on, Peter receives his vision that the Lord is, is ex- extending, is sharing the gospel, is taking the gospel to, to the Gentiles. And he approves and he sees the ministry of Paul and he affirms his ministry. But Paul tells us that, that, that all of a sudden that Peter is sitting with the Gentiles one day, but then James, the brother of Jesus, arrives and he brings these Jewish leaders with him and Peter disowns the Gentiles and goes and just sits with the circumcised group. And, and, and Paul calls him on this. He says, what are you doing? You're, you're, you're so afraid of, of, these, of these Jewish rulers that, that you know the gospel is to be reached, is, is extended to the Gentiles, but no, you're so afraid of these religious leaders that, that then you are denying the gospel. And he goes on and says, and by your action, by your fear, you're leading others astray. Even Barnabas has bought into your hypocrisy, Paul writes in Galatians 2. Wow. It's throughout. It's part of us. And as I go deeper into this fear of man, I've realized that what happens is we are hardwired. That when God created us, that we're hardwired for approval. That we need approval. That we need acceptance that we want honor, that we want recognition, that we want love. But what sin has done has twisted that. And what Satan has done, he, he's, he's deceived us. And so rather than seeking that from God, we try to satisfy these desires in others to the point that then we're frozen or we faint. That's why the, the writer here in Proverbs is saying, the fear of man is a snare. It traps us. The Hebrew word for snare here, it does mean a trap. It has two uses. One use was there was this, this wire, sort of a wire noose, and they would use it to, to trap fowl, the birds, and they would put all of, the, all of the, the grain on the bottom and they would cover it up and, and then a bird would, would then get their neck cut, caught in this noose 
and they would trap it and kill it. Another use is that they would dig this hole, dig a hole and cover it. So the animal would, the animal would fall in there and they would trap it. Solomon has this as he is writing this. He says, it's a fear of man that, that we get so caught up in trying to find approval and, and uh, acceptance for others that then we are like these animals going into these traps and we fall down and that we end up being controlled by their desires. But God didn't create us for that. God has come to set us free. That's what he says he says, the fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. That, that there's a sense of being freed from this fear. See, God created us in his image. And when God created us, he, he said that you and I are very good. That when he created man and woman, they created us very good. And that what that very good means is that he's extremely excited about us, that he's, he extremely approves us, that he extremely accepts us, and that, and that this is what motivates us, that we're motivated by his acceptance, our identity in him. But what happened is that when sin came into our world and twisted everything, it mis, misplaced these desires. And so we spend all of our lives trying to find other people's approval in other people's eyes. And God becomes little and little and little and little and people will get bigger and bigger and bigger. And we make these false gods, these functional gods out of others. That's why we need Jesus. Jesus is God's own son. He, Jesus is, the father is well pleased with Jesus. And when Jesus died on that cross and was raised from the tomb, that he has set us free from all of these fears and the fear of man. He has come and redeemed us from this. We, we need this glorious view of God. Now, that God has come to free us, that, that we are the apples of his eyes, as it says in the scriptures. And that through the work of Jesus, when we, are, when we become to Christ, that we are his sons and we are his daughters and we are fully approved and we are fully accepted. I don't need someone else's, else to tell me that I am good because I am good in God. I don't need someone else to tell me, someone else's approval to say that I am approved, because in Christ, we are approved. We are accepted. Do you believe that? Do you truly believe that? It's a gift of grace that God has given us. It's a benefit of the work and the life and the death and the resurrection of Christ. Because the fear of man can immobilize us. It silences us. But know this, God is glorious. And he thinks we are the apples of his eye. He sees us and says, you are very good. We are defined by him. Identity is in Christ. What God does is he doesn't remove the fear of man, but he transfers it. Do you see that? He says, the fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. So what he's saying is, is, is don't, 
I'm not going to remove this fear, but I want you to trust. I want you to transfer it over to trusting in me. Transfer this over to seeing me as the most glorious, as seeing that you are fully approved in me. The trust in me, that is God's answer. That if you trust me, you will be safe. Others' words, trust my word, trust my authority, trust my presence, trust my mission, trust my glory. I'm defined, you are defined in me. But when we look for words and approval from others, then what we're, dis- we're discounting God. We're elevating others and we're, and we're lowering God. But when we see God as glorious and, his, and that we are glorious in him, that motivates us, that energizes us, that should encourage us. Jesus says, do not be afraid of those who kill the body. Don't be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both body and soul. Trusting God is safe. Fear of man is not. I love what Melissa Danassi says, how she, how she puts together this fear of man versus fear of God, a healthy understanding, a healthy worship of, of, of God. That's what she says. She says, a fear of man tells us to shrink back, withhold and run away. A fear, fear of the Lord tells us to move forward, enter in and obey. She says, a fear of man tells us to care about what others think. Fear of the Lord tells us to care only what God thinks. A fear of man tells us to do what makes others happy. I know that pretty well. The fear of the Lord tells us do what pleases God. A fear of man makes the approval of others an idol. The fear of the Lord leads us to a life focused on God's approval. What makes God delighted. A fear of man will always lead us down the path of destruction. A fear of the Lord will lead us to a life, a life of abundance. The fear of man is paralyzing. The fear of God, it's freeing. Need you to do two things now. Need you to confess. Confess of our fear of man. Confess that, that we look to others for approval or rejection, that we're afraid of what others will say. You confess that. And you need to confront it by trusting God. I'm saying I am fully approved by God. I am fully accepted by God. No words that others will say and take that away. I mean, like right now, who, who is God saying? Who is God asking you to go share the gospel with? Who is God saying, I need you. I, I put you in that person's life to go and share the gospel. Share the love of God with them. But you're afraid. You're afraid of what they may say, what they may not say. 
I thank God that those in my life were not afraid to share the gospel with me. Who is it that the Lord has said, you know what? I know you love them, but you gotta, you got to speak some truth to them. Who is that person? Don't let the fear of man stop that. They're here to encourage each other. And sometimes we have so many blind spots that we need others to point them out to us. Don't let the fear of man stop that, but, but go to that person. Being freed and, and set apart in Christ. And, and go and fully approve of Christ and go and, and, and say that word in love. A fellow brother or sister. See, seeing more God, seeing God more glorious frees us from this fear of man. Seeing that we are fully approved by God, it gives us confidence to live with him and trust in him. And so I want you to be free. And this is something that, that has paralyzed you. It, it has in, in my own life. Something that, that, that freezes you. I want you to be set free. And the only way to do that is by giving your life over to Jesus. Is by right now confessing of your sin. And accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And say, so I want you to come into my life and be the Lord and Savior of my life. And when you do that right now, when you do that right now, wherever you are, do that. You know what happens? You become a new person. And the spirit of Jesus lives in you and gives you the confidence and the courage to go forth and to live and to be free. And boy, do we need that today. I want you to pray about that. I want you to do that. I want someone to talk with. We got someone right now in the Facebook comments section. Love to ch- talk with you. Danielle's there. She'd love to have a conversation with you or Annie there in the chat room as well. Be free. The fear of man is a snare. For those who trust in the Lord, they're safe. Because God is glorious, I don't have to fear others. That's a gift of God's grace in Jesus.